Hello, and welcome to the fourth edition of the Box of Chocolates podcast. I'm Orenthal James here with Rose Armour. It's been a very eventful week since we last spoke. The Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl on Sunday. President Mubarak has opted to step down in Egypt amidst political pressure. And the box office smash, The Social Network, has been nominated for Academy Award. This week, chapters 21 through 28 of the Emily Bronte novel Wuthering Heights will be discussed, as well as a discussion comparing Wuthering Heights to a modern-day gothic novel or movie. Today's episode has been titled Separated Lovers, as in chapters 21 through 28, the progress of the love between Linton and young Catherine develops. Linton and Catherine had had a correspondence for a while, but Edgar, Catherine's father, knowing that Linton is the son of Heathcliff, forces her to break off the correspondence. Heathcliff is angered at the lack of communication between Catherine and his son Linton, as he expresses to Nellie that he hopes that one day the two will be married. As Edgar's own health begins to fail, he begins to realize that he cannot separate Catherine and Linton if they truly love each other, and comes to think that if Linton will make Catherine happy, then he can do nothing to stop them from being married. Little does he know that Linton himself is in just as bad shape as he is when it comes to his health, and that he doesn't have much time left either. It is eventually revealed that Heathcliff will stop at nothing to have Linton and Catherine married, and even imprisons them in his own house until they actually are married. Today we will be comparing Wuthering Heights with the recent novel and Peter Jackson movie, The Lovely Bones. At first glance, these two separate literary, and in The Lovely Bones case, film examples don't seem to have very much in common. But when you take a closer look, you find that there are distinct similarities between them. The main comparison and similarity between the two books is the level of haunting that goes on in both of them. In Wuthering Heights, the most obvious example is Catherine haunting Heathcliff after her death, as evidenced early in the book by Lockwood's dream that he saw the ghost of Catherine reaching through his window. The lovely bones is similar to Wuthering Heights, not so much in plotline or resolution, but in this quality of, ha- of haunting and mental torment. In the lovely bones, a young girl is murdered, and her ghost, though in heaven, continues to haunt her family and her own murderer as well. Susie, the girl who is murdered, watches from heaven as her killer returns to the spot where her body lays, and her heavenly spirit is even haunted from above by all the emotion of the circumstance. Though nobody is murdered in Wuthering Heights, Heathcliff is haunted by Catherine's memory and spirit long after she is passed. When young Catherine, the daughter of Catherine and Edgar, comes of age, Heathcliff desperately wants his own son Linton to marry her despite of his loathing for Linton, presumably because Heathcliff longs for a connection to his lost love. When it is revealed that the marriage of Catherine and Linton may not materialize, of which factors include the awkward relationship between the two, as well as Linton's overall frailty, Heathcliff goes into a blind rage. Not only does Heathcliff hold Nellie hostage at Wuthering Heights until the wedding takes place, which it eventually doesn't, but he has young Hareton guard Nellie's ring, blind to the fact that Hareton also has a liking for Catherine. 
Much like the killer in the lovely bands, the haunting of Heathcliff leads into the drastic measures, not just in these seven chapters, but throughout the book as a whole. One could even think of Wuthering Heights as a gothic novel in and of itself. All the emotion, the gloom, the extreme highs, and the extreme lows. Reading the book can seem like listening to the entire discographies of The Cure, Joy Division, Depeche Mode, Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark, and Bajas all in one sitting. The outpouring of sheer emotion, as well as the presence of the dark, large estates in the story, contribute to the gothic feel. Additionally, the setting gives off a mood of darkness as if it's always raining or thundering or some sort of terrible weather. Samantha's feel is a truly gothic novel. And that's all the time we have for today. For Rose Harbor, I'm Arnthal James, and I'd like to thank each and every one of our listeners for tuning in this week to the Box of Chocolates podcast. Goodbye! See you next time!